Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside and so excited today for the very first time to have a survival expert, uh, survival school founder is really awesome. Tim Swanson, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome what you do. You have a school called Owl Eyes Wilderness Survival School. Would you call it a school? In a way, it's a school. I don't have a physical place because I have Mm -hmm. land use permission and a whole bunch of public conservation land properties. Yeah, it's like a traveling school. Exactly. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. definitely a school, but in a way... It's not. It's a school without a physical location, a one specific physical location. Exactly. Which is awesome. Um, it's a traveling wilderness survival school that seeks to connect people of all ages to the landscape in hopes to protect and restore our natural world. You're doing such incredible things. Can you tell us, Tim, how you ended up here? D- did the pandemic play into it at all? Oh, it totally did. So growing up, I was always just into nature. That was my thing. So mm-hmm. I never really got into it, I'd say. Okay. How were you parented then? Were you just allowed to be outside? Where oh, did yeah, you live? Totally. Yeah. So I, I grew up in uh, Pepperell, Massachusetts. And um, I you know, was always outside catching the crickets under the rocks in the ro- walkway there and just you know, tracking around the yard, things like that when I was young. And just always wanted kind of like the bug toys and the, uh, yeah. you know, bird books and stuff. I never wanted like action figures and cars, you know. And then growing up, like throughout high school, I started to get into, you know, wild edible plants and uh, hide tanning. So I was bringing like little chipmunk skins to class, you know, working <laughs> on them and Tim. stuff. So did you have any friends that were doing the same thing? It's so no, unique. not at all, actually. So yeah, so my friend group, they all kind of went off playing video games and, uh, you know, like sports and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And then I kind of went off into like hiking and shelter building and tracking and stuff. So no harm done there, but we just don't really stay in touch because we went our separate ways, obviously. But And then I went to uh, Unity College in Maine for adventure education, leadership and adventure therapy. And there was a primitive skills club there. There was the search and rescue team, archery club. There's all these clubs plus my majors that I were doing, my double bachelor's degree. So I was doing a whole bunch of backpacking, sea kayaking, rock climbing trips things like that. And then after that, I kind of skipped around to some wilderness therapy organizations uh, in Vermont and Utah, uh, working with like at-risk teens, they call them. And then that's actually when I started my business because I I accidentally started my whole business, to be honest with you. I applied to go work as like a nature educator at a place. And I went into the interview. I thought it was a full-time job. It said nothing on the thing about it only being two hours a week. But the, she asked, she asked, she was like, well, why do you want this job? I was like, oh, it seems like a great full-time job. This is what I want to do. She's like, wait, it's only two hours a week. I was like, what? And then uh, she's like, all right, but but you do all these things. So why don't we do a, however. So I think I led, it was either a foraging class or a tracking class. Wow. And then uh, just throughout that, it was kind of a weekend gig for me for a while. And then it started to grow over the years. I'm going on year nine in 2023. So wow, Tim. It started to grow. And then as soon as the pandemic happened, you know how it is. Everybody put their kids in homeschool. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got laid off from my other job. So it was like, all right. Because I was getting, I, I put up one Facebook post. And I think within three days, I got like 70 emails of people trying to book a class. Wow. So I was like, this is it. This, if I'm not going to go full time with it now, I'm wow. never going to go. So let's just go. Wow. You seize the opportunity. That's incredible. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's good, it's good work. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that there's a lot of change in people's lives I'm doing, which is special and, uh, you know, just adults and kids Mm -hmm. really. So I mostly work with kids, homeschool kids. That's my, my Monday to Friday. Yeah. I I talked to my husband, like we got to fly out there because we homeschool and I want to come to a class or maybe we'll bring like our whole group out to you. (laughs) That's That's awesome. awesome. Can you tell people about some of the classes that you teach? Well, I had made a list here from your website and maybe what's your most popular. So can we go category by category? So you have adult survival classes. Yep. That's kind of like what I call like my well-rounded, like if you want to just learn as much as you possibly can from me, take those classes. And when I say adult, I consider like a mature 12-year-old to be adult, like in those classes. Adult means like we're not going to, you know, kids classes, we're playing a lot of games and there's a lot less information, a lot more like movement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then adults, it's very hands-on, but you know, adults and kids learn differently. So so what that is, is everyone starts at survival one. And that's kind of what I call the introduction to nature or the backpackers survival. So it's what can we go and buy that we can bring out with us into the woods to help us survive, to bring on a trip with us, whatever, right? So it's like map and compass, fire building with matches and those uh, ferro rod flint, yep. you know, 
they make sparks there. Uh, we make uh, throwing stick hunting weapons. We talk about wild edible plants. We learn how to build a uh, tarp and a trash bag shelter. <laughs> wow. So it's kind of like gear oriented, right? Mm-hmm. And then in survival two and three, people learn how to start fire by rubbing sticks together. You know, we make wow. fishing hand lines and plant cordage in survival three. Survival two, we learn how to boil water without a metal pot. You know, all different types of different skills, right? How to boil water without a pot. So exactly. interesting. I'll, I'll leave everyone to wonder about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Not, a lot of people know how. Yeah. Right. I don't know how. So. <laughs> I'm I'm curious about may- mayhem on the mountain, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, so. oh yeah, yeah. So, well, so, okay. So survival four is kind of like the long-term projects that I want people to do but that just take a while. So we only cover like three or four things, just a couple knots. Cause I like to talk about knots in each one, but then they make the atlatl, which takes a few hours and then they make coal burnt bowls. So they make wooden bowls with coals from a fire. Wow. Um, you can boil water in those too. So wow. um, you just take hot rocks, heat them up and then drop them in the water in that pot. And then survival five or mountain mayhem. I do that once a year and that's like the biggest thing because it's a whole different, I've never seen a class like this offered. And this is something I've had in my mind literally since I've gone to college and I just offered it for the first time last year. Oh, how'd it go? Uh, So, or actually I guess this year, right? This previous August. So it went awesome. So what it is, is you, you sign up, you come uh, Thursday and you learn what we call the core skills. So it's like Mm -hmm. basic fire building and just general survival stuff, how to make rope out of plants, an animal trap in case you're in a survival situation, things like that. And then Friday, there's multiple instructors. So this year we had three instructors, me, my friend Kate, my friend Doug, very good, well-known instructors there. And and we each teach what we call our survival style. So we have different, we we each teach a a food or a hunting method, a fire method, a water method, and Mm -hmm. uh, a shelter building method. So we all taught something different. So people get to choose which team they're on. Mm-hmm. They learn from us. And then Saturday, we put them in kind of like a intense, it's fun, but it's it's like a survival competition, you know, either individual wow. or team challenges. Yeah. Uh, so we did like this past year, we did axe throwing. We didn't even teach them axe throwing. We just kind of threw it out and was like, all right. So it was more like by luck, but for fun. Yeah. Then we did a whole bunch of different fire challenges. Like, okay, you guys are with your team. Whoever burns this string wins this prize. And then all the prizes they won, they get to keep them, but they also were allowed to bring them on a survival overnight that we gave them Saturday night is kind of the final challenge. So yeah, but that's when, you know, I bring the leaf blower out in the watering can and they have to, I call it the hurricane hustle. That was the final competitive challenge. So they all had to uh, go in a circle that I made with a climbing rope and they have to build a fire in the circle, but I'm running around the circle with a leaf blower and a watering can trying to put their fires out, you know, with like sideways rain and wind. So that was a good time. (laughs) I don't want to do that just to do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a man-made hurricane. This is, it's really impressive. So if people are interested in Mayhem on the Mountain, which is so creative, you already have your date set for 2023. It's in September. Yeah, Am so I right about that? Yeah, it's the last weekend in September. So it's September to October, pretty much. In Maine will be the yep. one next year. Yep. And that's at the Moose Ridge Wilderness School up in Maine. So how many, is it a small group and people really get to know each other? Yeah. Well, we had, um, I think we had 13 students this past year. We're aiming for 30 this year. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, when you first start it the first time, people yep. kind of are like looking at like, oh, well, I'm what interested, is it? but like, what's, what is it? So this year people have already expressed interest. So even alumni are coming back too. So people who already took wow. it, so we're going to do a whole bunch of different challenges. Yeah. I'm talking to a few other instructors and stuff who might want to join in. So yeah. And then you have survival six, which is a week in the wilderness. So, yeah. So, so what I offer is a certification program. I call it the Alula certification, which for people who don't know, the Alula is the leading feather in a bird's wing. So for me, it just kind of serves as a, a metaphor. So yeah. if adults take survival one to survival five and they complete kind of my whole curriculum, then they are invited to survival six, which is, I want that to be a very hard challenge for people who are ready to challenge themselves. So that's going to be a six day survival course. So five nights, six days. And, you know, I'm still, cause I just haven't even, I don't even have any, I have two adults that are like a Lula certified right now. So mm-hmm. after two years of, you know, getting people up there, I'll, I'll offer it. So 2024, wow. I'm going to offer that. And it's, you know, you start with nothing and then you have to earn your survival kit. And then, you know, you're out there, there might, you might yeah. be surviving solo or with the group or. 
Tim, it's really interesting because it's one thing to have all of the skills yourself, and it's another thing to be able to teach a class on the different topics. But then I think it's a whole other thing to have built out this entire curriculum, Survival 1 to 6, and to have thought through all the different pieces of it. Where did that come from? Has that just been built over the years? Did you learn some of that in college? Oh, it just came from me losing a lot of sleep <laughs> up all night, you know, just thinking about thinking what, it through. Yeah, because this is my passion. You know, this is what I'm yeah. excited about. So it's, you know, I'm thankful to be able to to turn it into that. So I have all these ideas. Mo- more yeah. than half of them never happen, you know, because I also <laughs> I also need people interested in them. But so this is kind of like what's been able to, to yeah. happen. So and it's um and I, I want to go deeper in my skills. So I hope students want to as well. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I kind of have survival six. I mean, that's like a bit like getting yeah. up there. That's already hours upon hours, days right. of training, you know, so right. you have to come train and really commit to your own practice yeah. in order to progress, you know? Yeah. I love that approach that you can progress through. And so you've set up this amazing system. So not only do you have the adult classes, but then you have children's survival classes. Yep. So what do you do with the kids? And I'd like to hear a little bit about the games. I mean, that sounds so oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about my favorite games. So the kids survival programs, I guess I kind of have two types of classes. I have programs and I have what I call one-off classes. Mm -hmm. So I have two children survival one-off classes. I call it the survival sampler. So it's A and B. So for kids, getting lost in the woods is a lot different than adults getting lost in the woods. I always, and I tell the kids this, I'm like, if you guys go missing tonight, everybody's going to know. Everybody. Your parents are going to say, oh, they're not home or your parents are watching you. If I go missing, it might be a week before someone's like, oh, Tim hasn't called me. I wonder if he's okay. And then they try to, you know what I mean? So then the uh, priorities for kids and adults are different. So for kids, Mm -hmm. it's all about build a shelter, build a shelter, build a shelter, build a shelter. So stay warm, right? Mm -hmm. And stay dry. So in the survival one, uh, survival A for them, they um, learn just some knives just to get used to knives. Um, and I've had mm-hmm. these youngest four-year-olds using that. It's up to the parents, you know, so. Yeah, that's common though. That is common in other parts of the world, age exactly. four. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Like children will be using like machetes and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's all about the respect you give the tool. And I always say knives aren't weapons. Knives are tools that we use to make cool weapons. Mm-hmm. So then we let them make throwing sticks and atlatls and things like that. Yeah. So so that's that. And then, but then the homeschool programs, that's where I really get to go deep with the, um, survival skills and stuff or just skills because I have a craft I have two crafting ones and I have a fishing program yeah. one that's specifically just a fire program my fire master that's a five-week program and, yeah. uh, and then two survival classes so the two survival classes they're six weeks long and they're three hours each class so survival a or I call it survivalist wow. a you know so that's fire so that's like feral rods and matches and how to build a fire and then a mm-hmm. shelter class a knife class and they're using knives and doing fire throughout the whole program because I like to give them little challenges and stuff. And then they uh, get to go over camouflage, atlatl, archery and throwing sticks. So it's all, it's a, you know, it's a well-rounded program for kids to learn a whole bunch of skills. Um, And I always, you know, incorporate, Mm -hmm. I just love playing games for me because I like to move and I like to, Mm -hmm. it breaks things up because you can't, you know, learning for just three hours straight. It's very hands-on, but it's still like mentally taxing to learn new skills that really hard so breaks and stuff like that but a few games i like to play my favorite one is called otter steals fish i don't know if you've heard of that one i uh, think no tell us so uh what that is i have all the kids put their backpacks in a circle and i have a, like a little game bag with all these bandanas that i use sometimes and um i have a little dog toy fish <laughs> it even has like a little squeaker in it and everything but and uh so the fish goes in the middle of the circle everybody stands on the outside of the circle and then there's one person who's it, who's the heron. They're the great blue heron, you know? So they have mm-hmm. to guard the fish. They can't sit on it. They can't stand on it, but they need to guard the fish. So they can tag anybody that comes inside the circle. So mm-hmm. the otters on the outside have to grab the fish and get it outside the circle. So the heron tags, every, you know, so they get to tag yeah. everybody. And uh, that's my favorite game just because it's it's very fast paced. Yeah. And it's, it's fair because, you know, as you know, sometimes when kids lose, they get upset. Mm-hmm. And I am all about, not everyone's going to win, right? Right, it's, right. You're going to lose sometimes, yeah. so learn that lesson now. So I like to play, I do play games where there are losers and there are winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an important lesson so, to learn. But the cool thing about this, exactly, but it's like, well, if you lose this round, literally wait 30 seconds because it's so quick mm-hmm. that you get another chance. You yeah. know, like it's okay to lose, better luck next time. Right, so that's right. what I like about that game is there's a lot of, and it's just, it. sometimes the kid's like on all fours, kind of crawling and stuff. So it's a different way to move your body as well. So yeah. I would imagine that these kids are making really good friendships. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get um, 
a lot of times I get homeschool pods so the kids already know each other, but then mm -hmm. this gives them a chance to at least do different things together and I'll pair them up sometimes yeah. differently and have different yeah, kids. Yeah, wow. Kids. So they're really building deep relationships because they're having all of these experiences together and they're learning new things together. And that really bonds you for the long term. That's fantastic. And kids as young as age six are taking your survivalist class. And then the wild crafter ones sound fantastic too, where you're learning how to make all sorts of things. Can you yeah. tell us oh, about yeah. what are they learning how to craft? Sure. So um, in wild crafter A, they go over spoon carving. So that's actually wow. right away. I put kids, that's what I call an intermediate knife skill. Mm -hmm. The spoons are, they, you know, they require a hook knife, a different type of tool. So right away yeah. they go into it. And then they work on, I have these little gourd, uh, go dry gourds and they make mm -hmm. little gourd. I call them like potion bottles or little, just little yeah. containers, you know? So, and then oh, they make, fun. uh, yeah. So they, then they carve fishing hand lines right. and the, uh, the last one is, uh, what do they make there? They make, uh, oh, leather pouches. Mm -hmm. So they, so they, they get to learn how to stitch. So wow. each of the wild crafter programs, they're designed to have different. So you have two carving mm -hmm. things. You have a gourd, so it's a it's not wood. It's it's something different. Yeah. They're learning how to use saws and different wow. types, and a lot of rope work because they make little jute twine uh, nets to put around wow. them. Uh, and then they learn how to how to sew with leather. Wow, Tim. And, yeah. And then Wild Crafter B, they make uh, forks, so that's mm -hmm. a lot different than spoons because we're using saws to cut the tines. Wow. And then they make uh, slingshots, which mm -hmm. is like <laughs> I don't know. You know, we'll see. I actually have a program right now because I just made that new for 2023, but I have a program now with kids who have worked with me many weeks mm -hmm. and they parents booked them. So I was like, well, let's, let's give them these new ones I was going to offer yeah. next year. So yeah. they're, they're kind of like my trial class. They're doing great. So they're making slingshots actually next week. So we'll see. Wow. But, uh, and then we make arrows because learning how to make an arrow is, is very important. Um, yeah. and then we're going to modify the slingshots to actually shoot the arrows. So they wow. can shoot rocks out of them, but they can also shoot arrows out of them. And then they learn. So the last one, so the, so Wildcrafter B, obviously you have to take A first. Mm -hmm. So these are kids who have worked with me now for, for seven weeks. And then the eighth week is carving wooden animals. Oh, it's, those are the coolest. Yeah. So that's, you know, you probably saw a couple that I, I make. Those are hard to even teach adults, but I like to hold kids to high standards, you know, because yeah. I want to get them good with their knives, Yeah, you know, so it depends. Yeah. I'll, I obviously gauge the group on different things. I have different, right. like bears are easy to carve or snakes okay. or fish, you know. Yeah, you start with it. something easier and exactly. you can work yeah. your way up. So when the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to 
factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Well, even on the spoons, I saw on your website and I had, I took a screenshot of it because I thought they were so cool, but I didn't realize how intricate some of these spoons could be. Like one of these spoons has like a little dancer on the top of it. One of them's got a snake. Yeah. I call that guy, I call him Spoon Man Slim. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have a fork guy doing the same thing. So I have a matching set. (laughs) That's really, really neat. And that's a class that you would offer standalone as well, which is the spoon and fork carving. And you would come away with a really cool something that you finished that you've made with your own hands. These are all amazing looking. They're beautiful with all the wood grain and some of them have different special touches on them. But I mean, that's fantastic. So tell people where you're at. And I know you would travel. People pay for it. You would come to them. So if they've got a group, any type of a group, I know you do travel as long as it's affordable. Exactly. So I'm in Massachusetts. Everything Mm -hmm. I do, I live in Massachusetts, but I've been getting people in Southern New Hampshire booking me now or people in Vermont. I'll Mm -hmm. teach classes up in Maine. So at this point I can say throughout New England, but I also was living out in Colorado for a while and got like semi-established out there. So I do have people Mm -hmm. reaching out. So like I'm flying out there for two weeks this summer. And I'm offering a couple things out there. You know, sometimes people email me from like California. It hasn't happened yeah. yet, but it's like, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, book, if they, like, if get, they'll pay get for whole, you to come out. Sure. Yeah, like, get a whole you bunch of stuff, group. make it worth it for you. And, yeah. uh, you know, so because that's the beauty of it is I designed all my programs because yeah. I don't have a school. So it's just all you just need yeah. pretty much a knife and, you know, maybe a couple tools, but everything else is all figured mm. out. So it's all very mobile. Yeah, it's something for people to think of if they have a forest school, if they have a homeschool group, and they could bring you out for some different types of things. Where you're located is Massachusetts. So and people are interested and they live out that way or they're interested in booking you, your website is owleyeswilderness.com. And you have a blog there too with some really cool articles. Well, you have an art contest. Is that new? Oh, I did that. Um, I think it was just the month of September. I did an art contest and these two girls, actually two sisters, won each category. Wow. Uh, and they won hats. So that was just That's a fun. Awesome. I like to do little fun things to get people engaged yeah. just to mix it up, give people something different to do. And yeah, so I'll have to do something, maybe like a carving contest or something at some point. That's really neat. So you've got a lot of cool stuff on your website on your blog. And then you have a really great book list on there. So OwlEyesWilderness.com. And then we connected on social media at Owl Eyes Wilderness. Someone recommended you, which that doesn't happen very much. So that oh, was, I thought cool. that was really cool. And I'm so glad that you were willing to do this. I'm curious about your degrees because I feel, and maybe things have changed, but when I was a kid, it was like, you could be a teacher or a policeman or a nurse, or I'm not quite sure. I mean, it was like this small amount of things that you knew about. And I would have had no idea that you could go to school for survival skills and you'd have a double bachelor's degree. So can you tell us well, how you even found that in the first place? And what was adventure education, leadership and adventure therapy? Like, what are those degrees like? How do you get them? So Unity College, they're up in Unity, Maine. You ever hear, hear about the Common Ground Country Fair? It's like a big Maine organic no. farmer. It's like a big organic kind of like farming and gardening fair okay. that they do every day. That's how people usually know, but it's in that, the college is in that town. Pretty oh, much that town cool. has like a gas station and then a college, you know, a couple of pizza <laughs> yeah, plates, but it's yeah. like a very, you know, small farming town with this college in it. So I, I went there from 2010 to 2014 and I heard about it. My dad's childhood friend actually ended up going there. So okay. I heard about it from him and then I just kind of looked it up and stuff. And they actually came to my high school and did a talk too. And it was like me and wow. one other student went. And, you know, it's America's <laughs> environmental college. So they have majors like conservation law enforcement and uh, captive wildlife care was their two biggest ones. And then, you know, they had like marine bio, environmental mm-hmm. bio, uh, all this. And then they had adventure education leadership. I went there for that. And then eventually I was like, oh, adventure therapy. And I only need to add like a couple classes to have two mm-hmm. degrees. Sure, let's go. So yeah. I did that. And actually, I'm, I'm more interested in the adventure therapy at this point, which is because that's like more like therapy in nature. But both of them were pretty much very similar. Pretty much my classes were like, I guess there was like three categories of classes. There was like the hard skills. So literally a backpacking class. That wow. was a TA You know, when I was a senior or junior, whatever. I, I was a TA of the backpacking class for them and took a cross-country skiing class, two rock climbing classes, sea kayaking. That's so cool. Yeah. So what it's like a as a cool co- college experience. Yeah. So it was great. And then there was a lot of group process classes. So a lot about group management and just mm. being able to be a leader. 
right? Right. And then there was like the psychology classes uh, and then like the required mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, right. I got a sure. C in statistics. That was my, <laughs> I got A's and B's in stats. I got a C, you know, but I don't know. I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's so neat. And I think it's always neat to learn about all the options that are out there for kids that are like how you were when you were a kid. And I have friends where their kids are out doing that type of stuff. And so for them to know that there are these options, really neat hands-on college options for people that are interested in getting outside. And I had written down about the cross-country skiing. And then I had written down that you've done whitewater canoeing. Oh, yeah. Yep. So back in college, we did, you know, some trips down rivers and stuff. You learn all the safety stuff for like, you know, how people go whitewater, like these giant crazy things. But, you know, being able to maneuver through that when you go on rivers, like up in the Allagash River up in Maine, for example. You know, I can't imagine doing that in a canoe. Oh, yeah. You see kayaks and you see rafts. Yeah. Canoe. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, yeah. You usually end up in the water, you know, unless you're like, <laughs> unless you're like really work together because you have yeah. two people in a canoe, you know. So it's yeah. usually you see people flip over and they're sinking down and you kind of just expect it. So you set up all the, you know, the ropes and stuff to whip right. out to them. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are these people, people in college or people you said you've been, you're going into year nine? Are there relationships that you've built through all of your wilderness activities that have stayed strong to this day? Because I would imagine that that's the type of environment where you really forge friendships. Oh, totally. And even, even, um, you know, like other instructors that are around my area, it's really not a competitive, at least in New England, at least we're not in competition with each other. We're like hiring each other for classes. Yeah. We're directing people to each other. So I think it's just because we're so we're excited about it and the people who are doing it are passionate about it. So I think that's the main reason, but we're also spread out. Like I live the closest to Boston really than anybody else. So it is, you know, it's like my other friend in Southern New Hampshire and I have a a couple of people up in Maine. So we're all throughout New England. And these are people that I like literally trust with my life, you know, because these are people that I've had my back in wilderness context, right? you know, so like on week long trips. And then even old, my college friends, even still, you know, I stay Mm -hmm. stay in touch with them and do, I'm actually flying out to Washington next year to go visit my, my old roommate there. He's in the Coast Guard, so he's stationed out there. Yeah, I could see, I mean, because you've had experiences with other people that most people never have with other people, whitewater canoeing and all of these different things where you're backpacking. And so you have these such distinct memories with other people. It's different than sitting next to someone in a class or studying for a test together. You know, those are great things too, but you've done really intense things with other people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's the best stories, you know, is mm-hmm. when you're curl up in a ball when like a rain thunderstorm, just trying to stay in lightning position, you know, all night, you know, those are the best, in my opinion, it's like the worst, <laughs> the worst stories are the best <laughs> yes, stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're never going to forget them. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. So do you find Tim, so you're teaching all of these skills that you already know and are already an expert at, are you still pushing yourself? Are there things that you're still learning that interest you? Oh, totally. Yeah. So every year I budget to take classes from other instructors. Oh, that's um, cool. That looks different every year. So I'll take classes, things like that all the time. Um, and I'm always just pushing my skills. Like the cool thing about all the survival skills is, or the primitive skills or earth skills or, you know, whatever people call them now, you can't be good at it all. It's like, yeah. if you want to be good at basket weaving, you can't be good at flint napping. Or if you want to be good at both of yeah. those, you can't be good at hide tenant because there's just not enough yeah. time. So you, I, I, the cool thing is, is that's why we create, com- that's what community is all about, right? Is like yeah. one person's good at this and the other person's good at this. So let's trade, you know, let's figure it out. Let's wow. support each other. So I'm always just doing different things. So this time of year, it's all about foraging acorns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's obviously hunting season. So this is when I'm like working a whole bunch of deer hides because I get hides from hunters because they're going to throw them away anyway. So I just put right. out a little Facebook post, ask for hides uh, and I just go and pick them up. And then wow. I, because I make buckskin. So uh, I tan my own leather. Wow. And make stuff out of that. So that, that's something I've been interested in since I was like a kid, pretty much is like buckskin. Wow. So that's kind of something I'm always, because there's what always different ways. What can you make out of it? Well, I made it, but my, the big thing I made is uh, I made, I actually made a hoodie out of buckskin. So I don't know if you wow. saw that on my social media or not. There's a couple pictures floating around. I gotta, I'll look back. It's that tan colored hoodie I'm wearing in a few photos. It's on my website. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I have a few yeah. photos of it. And then I made like a baseball hat and that's made out of fish skin leather and buckskin. All different pouches. My archery quiver is buckskin. I'm working on a pair of shorts now. So I'll get the whole, I got the hoodie, the hat, and the shorts. So I, you know, then after that, I'll make a pair of footwear somehow, you know. Wow. But, and I'm not, and this is, I'm not wearing this stuff to the grocery store, you know, because <laughs> I, I don't want to, 
I don't want to draw any attention, but but that is a huge skill set. And I had read, I think, somewhere on your on your site where if kids are joining in or adults, you know, you're learning how to cut out the patterns, and there's a lot to learn there. There's yeah. a lot to learn through through the learning of one skill. Yeah, which exactly. that's oh, really yeah. interesting. You just yeah. take foraging, or you just take well, foraging is a huge, but you just take making a hat. I mean, you would learn so many different things just through the process of making one hat. And we're, my, we're reading my side of the mountain, oh, which yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> reminds me of quite a bit because he was sewing clothes and that type of thing. So that's really impressive that you're continuing to learn and pushing yourself. And then you talk about how you're able to accommodate different skill levels. So do you find that when people come to your classes, some people are ready to go and other people are more tentative? And how do you sort of bridge that gap? Oh yeah. So, I mean, and, and even like with different learning styles too, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, um, there's, there's definitely a group pace, but I'm able to, cause sometimes what it might mean, especially for kids is, um, you know, I might catch a kid up and like, you know, carve a little bit of their spoon for them just to kind of show oh, them sure. like, maybe I'll do half of one side of the neck and then they can do the other side, you know, but just to, mm -hmm. so sometimes there's some kids who aren't, you know, or they might be afraid or nervous with the knife. So I just say like, all right, well, why don't you just sit there? and just hold the knife in the sheath. And when you're ready, take it out. I'm attached to just teaching them the skill, but I'm not attached to the outcome, right? Because the first right. thing you make isn't going to be the best thing you make by any... Right. I've seen some interesting things come out of classes, but that's it's your first one. It's like the first yeah. one anyone ever does anything. You're not going to be good, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the beauty of it is you're doing it because you like it. You don't, you're not doing it because you're good at it. Some right. people though, oh my goodness. You know, you just know, you, you, I'm sure everyone knows someone who's just good at everything they do. Yeah, Some yeah, students do. come we to my class that. and they just whip out these spoons. And it's like, what is it like, how did you do that? You know? So it, it's all different, you know? So mm -hmm. it's some people carved, but everyone's at where they're at, you know? So it's, mm -hmm. they're there for them. They're there to learn. And that's the, that's the environment I like to, to create yeah. is it, there's no competition. Like, you know, you're, yeah, this guy over here might be a chainsaw artist. And then this person right. over here may, may have just cut like tomatoes on a cutting board and nothing else with a knife, you know? And I see no difference in skill level between kids and adults in terms of like, if they're new to it, like I, it's, it's almost easier for me to train kids because that's, you know, they're just, their brain is still developing and they can kind of wire that into their brain a little easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and then with adults, sometimes they're, we're, we're just stuck in some more bad habits, I guess, as adults, you know, we have sure. other experiences and stuff. So we might, or whatever. Like I have some adults who have used knives and then they're a little bit different with them. And yeah. So, but. and sometimes maybe adults are even more tentative because yeah. kids just kind of dive in and there's an expectation that they're still allowed to learn and grow. And sometimes with adults, it feels like, oh, well, you should already be good at this or you should already know what you're doing. And so there's a little bit less of effort, I think. So it's really a neat thing to offer. I think as adults, a lot of times we stop learning and we stop growing. So it's really a neat thing to offer that for adults and for them to come out with a new skill set and to learn that they can grow and they can learn. And that kind of applies to all sorts of different things. How do you deal with weather? So I, I say classes run rain or shine or snow mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, yeah. if, if, if it's unsafe, obviously I'll cancel it. Like I, when I was out right. in Colorado, there was like fires all over the place. So that was a whole different, cause I'm not used to that in New England. So uh, if it's like a blizzard or the thunderstorm, whatever class is done, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll reschedule, figure it out. But if it's yeah. raining class will happen. And I always just say, consider yourself lucky because now your training is harder and you're going to be better. Wow. Right. So that's yeah. obviously, you know, I'm not like a, you know, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so if it's like really yeah. bad, but uh, if people are excited <laughs> and ready to do it, let's do it. So I have what I call my curriculum backpack. So that's full of, you know, student knives that I let students use saws, the fire starters. And I have a yeah. nice big tarp that I just bring to every single class mm -hmm. just in case, just so we at least have something, you know, yeah. overhead to work with. So I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why. I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I wanna make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why 
I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. But like you said, sometimes those are the most memorable is that you forge through and through the bad weather and taught in all sorts of different environments then because you've traveled to teach classes. Are things pretty much the same no matter what environment that you're in? The basics? Yeah, the base, everything I teach pretty much I can teach anywhere. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just as long as there's wood, right? So it's um, because I lived in Washington State. So that's like the, you know, the Western Washington. So it's like kind of like the rainforest, those giant trees, beautiful mm-hmm. area. You know, Utah, I lived in Utah and Colorado, and then yeah. obviously throughout New England. So all the environments I have lived in, at least, I just say, learn the plants, learn the animals. As soon yeah. as you go somewhere, what are the plants? What okay. are they used for? What are the animals? What do their tracks look like? Because wow. that's the only difference. But beyond that, it's all the same. Like how to start fire by rubbing sticks together, just identify the species that work well. And there yeah. you go, or, you know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And you, like I said, you've got a book list right on your website, owleyeswilderness.com, where people can go and find some really cool books that you recommend, probably where they could learn the different plants and animals in the different areas. So there was something interesting on your website. It kind of relates to what we're doing right now, which is we're on a screen. And you said there was yeah. an article <laughs> where you had said, the funny thing is that ever since I have become a full-time wilderness survival skills instructor, my computer time has skyrocketed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell so us about like sacrifice the few to save the many, I guess. But it's, yeah, because it's like, well, because when I it's just I because I, I do everything for my business. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I even have like a warning on my website that says, like, I'm a wilderness survival skills instructor. Sometimes I spend time out in the woods. <laughs> right. So don't expect an email from me for like up to a week, you know, because right. I'm out doing stuff. But right. I'm also running this whole by myself. But, you know, there's just there's days where I just have to sit at the computer and edit the right. site or, you know, yeah, put different products like up this. in my shop. Do calls, mm-hmm. every email, just mm-hmm. change things, reach out to venues, right? All you know, all that stuff. You know, order business cards or stickers right. or patches or things like that. So that's a whole thing that I'm learning because I don't have a business background. I consider it successful because, like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. Right? Incredible. So here yeah. It is. is it hard to find balance there? Oh, it is because you know it's like that quote: "Do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Do what you love, you'll work every second of your life." <laughs> That's what, wow. that's the truth. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, because I find myself because I'm so, cause I like, if I was working another job, this is what I would be doing personally. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is my personal interest right. and my professional career. So it's hard for me to yeah. find that's the challenge I'm kind of working on is, is what's the balance. Cause I find that when I do something personal, it pertains to my business. So I do something for my business. It pertains to my personal because it's all the same. Yeah, that is really so interesting because yeah, I had just a, fully. Yeah, I had written this question here. What is your day to day life like outside of wilderness school? Yeah, but it's very this similar. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like I mean, it's, because it's like if it's like if I'm not, it might be like I'm out hunting or foraging, you know. But I'm foraging like acorns this year. I'm foraging for me, but also yeah. for classes throughout the year. So right. it's like, but I'm just doing it because I'm I like it, you know, and I'm passionate about mm-hmm. it, and I'm I'm thankful can do it as a career. But that's kind of 
it's all enmeshed at this point. Yeah. It's all one thing, you know? Yeah. And that's just something I think new to learn and to sort of figure exactly. out and sort through. And while you're learning new skills, you're also learning, like you said, how to run a business, how to run it on your own. And there's so many small things that pop up and big things. But like you said, just business cards and media opportunities. And it just sort of all comes in all these different ways. And I don't know, it's probably somewhat similar to life. It's like, you got to figure out how to survive and keep exactly. it going. I had liked in one of the articles because there was a couple different news articles on your website. And one of them, you were talking about how you can show your visiting friends a good time. So you were talking about oh, what that was happens the when, you're, Arizona interview, right? when yeah, your yeah. friends yeah. visit. And I thought this was neat. Like we're <laughs> heading into Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week when we're recording this. So a lot of people yeah. are traveling and they're going to see family. And I think people tend to just sit around. But what do you do when your friends come? So, so it's like, I just had a friend visit and uh, you know we went out and foraged cranberries. And then there's actually a, an event down at the Rod and Gun Club there. So you shoot guns just at targets. But if you win the little competition, you get a Thanksgiving turkey. So oh, that was just like a fun yes. you know, kind of family event. So that's what we did, you know, yeah. forge cranberries and go and, and win a turkey at the Rod and Gun Club, you know. So I got <laughs> one memorable. too. That was a big one. Yeah. You know, but that's usually, or, or I'll have uh, like next weekend, me and my friend, she's visiting. We're going to go hike up in the Whites. We're going to do a couple mountains. And then the next wow. day, we're going to go to uh, the Swift River out in Mass, in Western Mass. So I, that's what I like to do you know it's you know sitting down and watching a movie isn't an option you know it's mm -hmm. for me it's just like i i want to go out and do, and do cool stuff yeah that's super inspiring and a great idea for when our family and friends come i would imagine that a lot of your friends are similar to you in that they like to adventure and do survival type things is anyone ever hesitant or is most are most people just ready to jump in um, I think, yeah, definitely has like, cause I, I find that I'm kind of like very extreme, um, for a lot, like, like personally, cause like, you know, I'll go in and want to do like eight, like I did a solo 18 and a half mile hike a couple months ago. And it's like for me to get somebody to do that with me. Yeah. It's a different level of maybe what people would even be able to do. Exactly. Mm hmm so that's, you know, that's that obviously, because I mean, this is what I do. This is yeah. my passion and stuff. So I'm always pursuing getting better at these right. things, you know. So or, you might have I'm, to tone it down. Exactly. Or I, you know, I just have a professional background in doing it. Like I mm -hmm. went to college to be a backpacking instructor, you right. know, so I have all the gear and all the, you know, set up for mm -hmm. it. So. Well, tell us about that. We haven't talked about that at all. Tell us about backpacking trips. Well, per so that's my personal, I guess that's a, a, a thing for my personal life too, is I go on, I just go on personal, you know, back, especially up to the whites. I'm trying to do all the new, uh, New Hampshire 4,000 footers. So that's, that's a personal goal of mine that has right. nothing to do with my bit. So that, there we go. There's some personal yeah. professional boundary there. So, so yeah, so I'll go on, um, all it's up to the whites at this point. Cause that's mm -hmm. just the closest place for me to, I guess I can go to Western mass, but, um, so I, I go up there and, you know, I had the PEMI loop in mind. And of course I had like three different trips planned mm -hmm. and then everybody taps out like the last second. So I'm gonna have to just go do it solo or something. Mm -hmm. But, um, cause that's a, that's a goal of mine to do. Cause it's like a 32, 32 mile loop. Wow. So and then you do, you know, 10 or 11 mountains. But, uh, so yeah, I, I just love going out and doing that. Cause that's, yeah. that's a good way to relax for me. So <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Go That's hike amazing. 18 yeah. miles a day. That's relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> relaxing. Oh, well, you just, you have so many different things that you do and a whole bunch of different certifications. There's a whole list on your website. So is yep. that something that um, you enjoy doing or is it sort of something that is kind of required for someone that is in your position? I think the only thing that's required is the wilderness first responder just because, well, I guess it's not like I could just show up and, and not be because it's right. not, but obviously I want to uphold that because uh, any other wilderness place I've worked for, you at least need a wilderness first aid, which yeah. is a weekend class. I think they should teach this stuff in school, like everything, like just teach everybody oh, how to do sure. CPR or what do you do if someone's bleeding, right? Like, right. it's amazing how people first don't responder know that. type stuff. Right. Yeah. So, but I have the wilderness first responder, which is a, it's a 10 day course. That's a certification I have to keep updated every two to three years. So I, I just go and I do that. Um, I actually just retook the full course just so that I can be brushed up on everything because mm -hmm. the recertification is a weekend, but I went ahead and did the 10 day course again after having it for 10 years or whatever, mm -hmm. just because I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that type of stuff too. And that's, that's survival really, you know, is, is right. medical, right? right? Survival situations happen because of medical situations. But then a couple of the other ones, like uh, like the Leave No Trace Master Educator, I've got I got that when I was in college, so mm -hmm. I have it. You know, I don't yeah. need to brush up on it. The animal, the Cyber Tracker, the Animal Tracker certification, that's that is a good time. So I'm what actually what are those? Go. Cyber so Tracker. So Cyber Tracker is a 
to my understanding, it started out in Africa as like a, a non, like a, a picture based GPS software. And it was just developed over there for a completely different reason than what it's offered in this country now. Mm-hmm. And then it's eventually turned into like a certification. There's two kind of tests you take. There's track and sign mm-hmm. and there's trailing. Once you do both of those and score at least a level one, then you get to be an animal tracker. So, and then they, they take the lowest certification okay. of what you have. So I have a, a, a level two trailing. I scored an 87 on that. In order to score a 100, you have to find the deer he tells you to find wow. and then go and find it. So I got an 87. So for my first time, that was pretty good. Yeah. And then the track and sign, it's usually a two day class, but I took a pass or fail uh, level one mm-hmm. class. I scored like a 97. Wow. And uh, so that would have been a level three, but it was only a one day course. So I, it was okay. a pass or fail. So but I want to go and, and redo my track and sign just to try yeah. to, because it's fun to just go and, because yeah. you learn, you know, because it's always something different. Mm-hmm. But anybody could do that. Anybody could go look them up, sign up. Yeah. And it's a good learning opportunity, even if you don't score. Right. It's a good learning opportunity because right. you learn a ton. It's so. interesting just to even learn what's out there, which was kind of what I was talking about earlier with your double bachelor degree. What's even out there? You don't even know. So learning oh, yeah, from your website exactly. and seeing all of the different, and you have more than that, recreational avalanche, FEMA incident, command system 100, all these different things in there, archery instructor. It's just inspiring to meet someone who is continuing to learn and wants to learn and grow. And you're finding all sorts of different ways to do that. So a lot of certifications. And then you have a whole list of books, which are fantastic. Fantastic foraging, tracking, survival guides, birding, crafting, even games. Yep. And these are all books I read that I, because mm-hmm. my big thing is I'm not going to, I always have, you know, different companies reaching out to me just because sure. a lot of like the outdoor community is about gear, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because you have right. to, you know, it's just, it's, it's a good idea to have good gear, but I'm not going to recommend something unless I try it. Right. And unless it's like, you know, like I just had a knife company send me a knife and it's like, all right, well, be patient. Let me use it. I'll go bring it out on my trips and do right. stuff with it. And then I can recommend it after I like it. It looks cool, but I don't yeah. care how it looks. I care how it works. So all those books, those are all books that I use personally. Wow. that I like and that have helped me at yeah. least. So. so those are all on your website. So once again, I'm going to tell people they can go look. I mean, this is a fantastic list of books. And I think it's super fun, even that includes the games because a lot of people have kids and I think those would be great for them. So it's owleyeswilderness.com and then forward slash blog is your blog with knife safety tips and acorn recipes, finding warmth in cold places, just amazing articles on there. And then if they did owleyeswilderness.com forward slash books, that's where you've got that book list. And so do you have classes that are running right now? Like if people were wanted to go, would they be able to sign up for something? Yep. So I have, I guess, kind of three types of classes. I have Mm -hmm. public classes that venues host. So like uh, the day after Thanksgiving, there's a place in Haverhill, Mass. That's doing two. They're doing a fishing handline class and a shelter class with me. Okay. Anybody can sign. I think it's a kid's class, but anybody can sign up to that. Right. And then I do private programs. So that would be like a homeschool pod books, Mm -hmm. a homeschool program, or just a a kid's birthday party or something like that. And then I have- That's a fun idea. The birthday party. Yeah. And I'll go to people's houses and just do birthday parties in their backyard or whatever for a group of kids. You know, use knives, make a shelter, make fire. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I just did one where uh, he, the boy, he wanted to make atlatls, mm-hmm. which is the spear thrower. So we made those and that was his birthday wow. party. So that's a great birthday party if you ask me. It sure is. But uh, I wish I had that when I was a kid. Yeah. I would imagine that all of the things you're doing, you can look at through the lens of this is what I would have wanted to do oh, with yeah. my childhood. Yeah, 100%. And then I, and then the third kind of category is, is like classes that I host myself. Mm-hmm. Those happen rarely because I, my schedule usually fills with like private homeschool programs right. or venues and stuff. But I just yesterday I put up on my calendar, I, December 18th, I have like a little, like a day and it's just, you know, cheap classes just to get people out there, just to make wow. it very accessible. A uh, spoon carving class and a fire building class. Wow. So where where like are those? Where do you do those it? Are in Pepperell, those are in Pepperell, Massachusetts. Okay. And do you just use, I know you had talked at the very beginning about having permission to use different land. Are those at like state parks or where, where do you so end up going? This is actually behind a school. <laughs> okay. So they let me, they, I reached out. It's an, it's not a school or I don't even know what it is now, but it's where I went to school when I was a kid, but then wow. I, they shut it down or something. And yeah, then some sure. other that happens a lot. Um, collaborative took it over. So now it's a, I think they rent out like the classrooms to other businesses if they need like mm-hmm. a little office 
And wow. then there's like a dance studio in there now and people can rent it out and do stuff. That's actually really neat, Tim, like how life comes full circle. Right yeah, in the back exactly, of the right? school that like, you went cool. to. Yeah. It's uh, really so that, cool. So then when I went when I went to go meet the guy, give me permission, I he you know, we walked around the school and I was like, I remember this. Uh, <laughs> this was yeah. like, you know, twenty five years ago or whatever. Wow. But you know, but it was cool to, to go back. But now I can go and teach and I actually am teaching in a spot where they built this like little wetland dock uh, mm -hmm. back there as like, you know, a fundraiser thing. So people yeah. could go back there and at least have some nature exposure nobody and they built that when i was in school right wow. so this was when i was like whatever yeah. six or seven this was like the first school i went to nobody took care of it so it's just oh. there's like invasive bittersweet vines over wow. it the dock is all apart so i pretty much they let me do whatever i want there so what i'm doing is i can go in clear out stuff make trails and make it oh. it's it's kind of cool because it's like it's a cool project that i get to like i haven't yeah. i haven't ever had a chance to like here's a plot of land now I get to kind of restore it wow. in a way that like people just the general, I'm not yeah. doing it for me. Obviously I'm doing it where I can like, it's easy for me to teach classes, but it's like, it's not my land. So I'm going to go clear trails and make wow. it so that people can, they can utilize it. Exactly. It. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, so then so every, interesting. you know, yeah. Like I just had a scout group reach out. They were like, Hey, we're really low on expenses, but can we do like, what are your prices? Can we do something? I was like, well, here's my prices. But yeah. if you guys want to trade, we can do some trail work. And wow. I'll give you a class right after, you know, so oh, that's so things cool like that, because I'm always open because this is should be except obviously I need to pay rent and mm -hmm. buy gas and food. But yeah, this should be accessible yeah. to everybody. So I'm always yeah. trying to work things out. And, and I like what you said, too. It should be part of just the everyday curriculum. Like, can people add in some of these things to the regular curriculum of childhood, all of these different skill sets? Yeah, it would exactly. be so cool for kids to know how to build a fire and a shelter and all yeah. sorts of things. So OwlEyesWilderness.com is the website at OwlEyesWilderness on Instagram and Facebook. You have this class coming up on December 18th for the day. So if people are in your area, that is so cool. Okay, we always end with the same question, Tim, and this is going to probably be a hard one for you. <laughs> um, but what is a favorite outdoor childhood memory that you have? Oh, geez. You know, I so growing up, uh, we always went up to Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. It's the most northern town in New Hampshire, border of mm -hmm. Canada. And, um, you know, it's a place they call it Moose Alley. Wow. And uh, growing up, it was a lot It was a lot more different, but now it's kind of like developed. Mm -hmm. But I still go up there. It's a huge fly fishing place and people go up there and moose watch. Wow. But we would literally see like tons of moose throughout the week. We'd go out looking for moose. Wow. So that, that, you know, that was like yeah. a big, yeah. cause that was like my, my, we're like tracking moose, you know? Yeah. So that was like me as a kid. Wow. So that was like a big, I'd say that that's, that's yeah. a good that's memory awesome. for me is going up there and seeing those that's massive awesome. animals. Wow, Tim. So. I so appreciate this. It has been so neat for so me much. to read through your website, to learn all of the different things that you're doing, all of these skills that you're passing on to adults and to kids. So well done, way to go. And thank you so much for taking this hour. I know you're busy and you're, it's hard to find that balance. So thank you for taking this hour to spend with to spend with us and to teach us about really is to teach us about like all the things that are actually out there, all the different types of offerings, all the different types of ways that we could live our life. I think that's really inspiring. So really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was great to meet you and talk to you. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.